Round one, go. Yes, indeed, it is that time, the time everyone is waiting for, the time that they sit there and go, can the clock go any faster? Can this show begin? It's here, it's beginning, it's Doug and Marty versus the world. This is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon, welcome to the show. So you're telling me, Doug, that people sit around the entire state waiting, like anticipating like Christmas to wait until Doug and Marty versus the world starts on Saturday mornings. Well, I do. Okay. <laughs> I don't know about that. Oh my gosh. It's a good picture to see. We appreciate it. You know, tuning this, in. Yes. this, uh, today is an, uh, you know, it's like, we're going to do, uh, we're going to continue with our interviews from Roanoke. We have John Musselage coming on, uh, in our, uh, round two and round three, we've got Peter Kwan, you know, the amazing, uh, 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 Deputy Mayor of SeaTac. Uh, what a great story of what happens when an average citizen who just goes line by line can make a huge difference. When make sure you you keep on listening because it's amazing what their story is, right, Doug? Yeah, and uh, John um, Musselage is uh, with Duty Bound, not just talking about you know protect your Second Amendment, but how to ab- absolutely use your Second Amendment for the the benefit of your church, your your home, your school. Um, so don't, don't, you don't want to miss that. And then of course, uh, we're gonna, you know, we're here, you know, doing our March, you know, the other day it was March 4th and I just love that date. Cause it's like March 4th, let's go. You know, it's better than may the 4th be with you. Right. But, um, but we're, you know, we're in a, a serious, uh, battle culture war. You know, that's what uh, Bill O'Reilly called it 10, 12 years ago, the culture war. And it, we're certainly in that. Yeah. And we're right in a spiritual now, war too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seriously, that, that the culture war comes out of that, which the battlefield, though, that culture war and the spiritual war are being played out before us in the political arena and the business arena and the family. And it affects everything. And it's amazing how not amazing. It, it's, it's shocking how so many of us oftentimes compartmentalize things. We compartmentalize. Oh, we do church on Sundays. We do this. We stay out of politics. And yet, no, it's all interconnected. Everything that happens in Olympia, which we want to talk about, uh, affects everything, our jobs, our family, the way we raise our kid, our education. Everything that we, we do in our prayer life affects the way we, we see things and act on things. Everything we do in our business affects our communities. So um, they're, they're not compartmentalized. It is really, are we living in a biblical worldview or are we living in an anti-biblical worldview? And that's really where things are playing out now. Which is going to win? Which is going to be... Um, either driven down on upon us or setting us free, right? And so we're seeing this played out in real time and either we're going to be active participants or we're going to be sidelined and be swallowed up with the results of it. And right now, too much of our state's being swallowed up with, you know, and you and I were both, I don't know if you stayed up as long as I did, but, you know, on Wednesday night, uh, the legislature was up till two in the morning uh, debating, it was it was you know with a, with a majority as large as it is, uh, every amendment the Republicans would put forward uh, to the comprehensive sex bill five three nine five was voted down on party lines, so nothing. But literally, this leftist anti God um, Democrat majority legislature that has tried this many years before, Doug, actually pro- pushed through 
comprehensive sex education. And we're talking about from kindergarten to 12th grade, uh, where they're an actual separate entity out of Olympia driving this thing through, requested by Chris Reichdahl, the OSBI, and passed through by these leftist, socialist, you know, Planned Parenthood, uh, Planned Parenthood funded candidates, right, or, or elected officials. And here's this program. So literally, you'll have kids coming home from school um, with material that's way outside. I mean, and there's no place the education should be, should be involved. Our teachers shouldn't be involved. Our schools shouldn't be involved in presenting and normalizing this, this sex at such a young age. It should be a parent's choice. Yeah, it's um, the, the TVW coverage of the debate yes. had a mature content warning on it. This is this if the material is too mature for adult politicos to view at two in the morning, is it appropriate for kindergartners, for second graders, fourth graders, even our sixth grader, seventh, you know, high school, Honestly, high school, I kind of like, okay, well, yeah. you know, in high school, but once and, you get to eighth or ninth grade, uh, there should be an age appropriate. Okay. This is what's out there. Be aware of uh, STDs, be aware of the, bio, the biological functions, be aware of the urges you have. That's about it. Uh, you know, the, what they're talking about now, and Kirby talked about it on his show too, um, where third graders, third graders have material about sexual pleasure and about using, if you don't have a sexual toy, use a vegetable to do so. That is inappropriate. That is wrong. It is demonic. It's instructional. It's instructing the kids. Yeah. It is basically, Marty, it's institutionalized child abuse. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's state-sponsored institutionalized child abuse. It's just like the other bill that legalizes teenage prostitution. Okay. So we are, we are sexualizing our young people, our, our children, our teenagers. You know, it made me think today about, um, you know, it seemed kind of harsh when Israel went in to take the land and it said, you know, kill them all kind of thing. I mean, it, there was exceptions of course, but it was this idea that, um, you were to, um, you know, utterly wipe these societies out. And I was like, why, why the kids, why the little kids? Well, when the little kids become utterly corrupted as well, yep. there's a huge problem there. Now I'm a, I'm a grace guy. I'm a new covenant, you know, grace person. Right. And, mm -hmm. and forgiveness and stuff like that. But you know what? God doesn't forgive excuses. He forgives sins, you know, and we've got, all, we've got excuses for all of our homosexuality, we've got our excuses for our drunkenness, we've got excuses for our divorces, we've got excuses for all yep. the stuff that he says is wrong, you know, and, and uh, you know, my wife came home from uh, her Bible study the other night, and she said, you know, there was a lady there that said, well, I'm, I'm divorced, and, you know, I can't be forgiven or whatever. Look, okay, all sins are forgiven. There's no sin that can't be forgiven, and we've got to move on, right? We've got to do that, but and yet all uh, throughout scripture, need, yeah. You still need to repent. You still need yes. to like, you know what? And sometimes people get divorced, not their fault, right? No. Okay. And things but happen. This, we get it. But this uh, idea that God somehow made a mistake, he put me, I'm, I'm in a man's body and I really should be a woman or, or vice no. versa. Or, you know, I'm attracted to, you know, the same gender for, you know, sex or whatever. You know, that's the stuff the Bible, you know, calls Sin. It's called sin. And, you know, a lot of people make a big deal out of the word abomination. You know, abomination just means it stinks to God. But, you know, mm -hmm. there's a few other abominations that stink to God 
that are not, yeah, Yeah. like lying or having differing weights, you know, when you're measuring out stuff and, you know, so that, you know, and yeah, what, what do we see in this state? And you're right. I want to get you to go on there. You're right. What we see in this state, we've legalized lying in the political sphere. Mm-hmm. We've legalized. We've, we've pick and choose special groups to get special treatment, you know, unequal scales. Those two things beyond that. And then right now we're taking something that w- was first wanted to be tolerated and then it's celebrated. Now it's mandated that's taught to everybody, not just in a particular class, but throughout all education, so English, science, biology, you name it, they want to weave this stuff in. And it's like, this is gone too far. And to, and to your point, you know, the bottom line is all throughout scripture, there was a point where there was an individual repentance, but there was a corporate uh, tearing of clothes, national. putting on ash cloths, yep. the idea of this, this national repentance before God said, God, we've sinned before you. Uh, and by passing laws like this, by ruling in this, what's well, evil before your sight and killing babies, this uh, putting a, uh, sexualizing our kids, that is, uh, it should be an affront to anybody, whether they believe God or not. But we still have one last chance. And so as we talk to our listeners out there, um, the Senate passed it, the House passed it. We know we have to win the majorities in November to win this back and, and stop this. It goes into effect in 2021, but Jay Inslee has not signed it yet. Uh, we know through a public outcry, he vetoed a bill just last year. If we can get every single person that listens to our show and across the state to call the lines, call Inslee's office and tell them to veto this bill, uh, there is still a chance and continue to pray, but it's veto bill SB 5395 the comprehensive sex education bill. Right? Yep. Let's do it. Um, there is a, a governor's hotline number too, and you can get it on the, um, you know, Washington.gov uh, website. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier spiritual war, right? So how do you win a spiritual war? Well, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty. The pulling down the strongholds. First thing we've got to do is if we've got sin in our own life, we need to get rid of it. Right. Mm-hmm. If you're, if you've got a porn problem, you know, that's basically what they're doing. They're giving pornography to these kids, right? Mm-hmm. They're feeding, you know, institutionalized porn to them. Um, they, you know, we've got to stop that, right? If we've got a problem, if we've got sin problems, we need to, first of all, repent and expect God that we can do that. Repenting means change your mind, knock it off, right? And they've done, a lot of times yes. you can't, a lot of times you can't get free, but if you admit to God, hey, I love this thing, he will change your heart. That's how he works. God changes our hearts. So we get our hearts changed. And then we begin to war. We begin to pray. We begin to, like you say, make the phone calls, do that kind of stuff. So it's important that, you know, uh, if God, you know, it's you and me and God, it's a majority, right? Mm-hmm. So they did CAT scans. The, when you're addicted to porn, it's the same thing as being addicted to drugs. You have the same sort of thing going on in, in your brain. So addicting our kids or anybody to porn is like getting them addicted to crack or cocaine or heroin. They are dealing in this iniquity to trap our kids, and we do not want that. We want to put a stop to it now. Yeah, and, you know, you kind of mentioned it earlier, this, you know, the murder of an unborn mm-hmm. is sort of like a, an attempt to have, you know, free sex without consequences, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about getting pregnant because you can always have an abortion or whatever. Um, but it doesn't, it completely... Uh, discounts the 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 problem with sexually transmitted diseases. It completely there's a lot of there's chlamydia. There's there's some serious health problems 
with this. God provided for a man and a woman in marriage, have all the sex you want. You're good. You're, you're safe. That's, that's what safe sex is. It's called getting married to the opposite sex. Right. And they talked about in this bill, the why aren't they teaching abstinence? And they go, well, uh, because they're pushing, pushing everything else, you know, and they're talking no time about it left. Being safety. It's, it's nope. There's no time left for abstinence because we got to push homosexuality. We got to push transgenderism. We got to push um, perversion, mm-hmm. um, masturbation, all this stuff. Um, this is an, this is an ugly thing. And the, and the word needs to go out. The, the alarm needs to go out. Sound the alarm. <laughs> You know, if my people who are called by my name will what? Turn from their wicked ways, you know. Humble themselves pray, and pray. Humble themselves yeah. and pray. Turn from their, you know, we got to turn from our own stuff. Yep. And uh, seek my face. Then he says what? I will hear from heaven yep. and I will and heal, heal your land. land. Yep. And so, um, you know, this is it. You know, the call, the call is going out. Um, we are ground zero. Washington is ground zero. Believe me, it spreads from here. It goes from here across the nation and. It's when we good. come back on the break, there's a, a speaking of coming from Washington, we want to talk about coronavirus. We want to talk about Schumer at Planned Parenthood or at the Schumer at the Supreme Court thing. Um, but this state is so important. We, we talk about how bad this is, but we talk about Esther 4-4, that you are made for such a time as this. Everybody listening to our show, now's your time. We're in the battle. We've been in the battle, but this is a key moment in time. If this is allowed to stand, you know, what else will we stand for? This is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon. Doug and Marty versus the world. For our government to work the way it was intended, citizens from all walks of life must volunteer to run for elected offices. But how do you begin? EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com can help. You'll receive expert help to navigate your campaign and communicate your message. From candidate filing to voters' pamphlet statements, fundraising, and social media, you'll find what you need to run an effective and affordable campaign. EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com. The road to victory starts here. This is Claire. Claire has a great business, and she wanted to advertise on YouTube, but she didn't know how. It was all so confusing. Setting up an account, choosing keywords and demographics, and she didn't know how to make a video. Then Claire discovered the secret to great YouTube ads. The experts at EasyYouTubeAds.com took care of all the details, from account setup and management to producing her video ads. Now Claire's friends all want to know how she got so smart. EasyYouTubeAds.com. No experience necessary. All right, we're back. It's round two. This is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon. Welcome back to Doug and Marty versus the world. This is fantastic, right? What's fantastic? Well, you know, it's funny. There's certain words that- The fact that you shut up for work today or what? Well, you know, every once in a while happens. But there's certain (laughs) words that you like to be known for, like like duty and honor and And, loyalty, right? And- and uh, Doug and Marty versus the world. Right, right. Well, no, I'm thinking about duty, right? Duty. What is duty? And duty bound, right? You're probably just not duty, sucking like up to our next guest, <laughs> knowing you. Yes, I am. As, but, but it's not about duty, the type you think about when you're like juvenile mind, right? Duty. It's duty, like duty to country, duty to family, right? Right. Right, all right. So who's our guest? John Moselidge is here. He's, he's with the uh, duty bound, and I think that's what you were kind of alluding Correct. to. Correct, correct. 
And John, welcome to the show. How are you? Oh, thank you guys for having me on. Well, uh, you know, so you're down here at Roanoke, as are we. Um, are you just here because of the beautiful weather, or why, why are you here? Um, actually, Glenn Morgan recommended that I come down and set up a booth uh, so I could uh, give away some... i heard of that guy. He's infamous and he's famous at the same time. <laughs> Both. So you're down here, and uh, let's t talk about Duty Bound. What, what is that? Well, I guess we could just start with the name. Um, so I... I, on the front there, it says uh, the Second Amendment is not just a, a right, um, it's a responsibility. And I remember the, the, the day that that occurred to me um, really was a turning point in my life. And, um, you know, I, I, had, uh, I had a 22 when I was a kid and, and stuff like that. But uh, during my adult life, I didn't, you know, have handguns or I wasn't trained on it. I mean, I fired a 45 when I was in the Navy and everything. But um, there I am. Um, thinking about that and thinking, you know, how useless am I if my country is invaded or my home is invaded? You know, I can't do anything to, to save my family or, or anything. And so I thought I, I, I need to get about the business of, of owning a firearm and knowing how to use it. And, and so I started looking around for training and I found this place called Front Sight down in Nevada. It's about 40 minutes west of Las Vegas. Um, so I went down there. I took two weeks off of work. I took the four-day defensive handgun class. I took the four-day practical rifle class. And, you know, um, after uh, purchasing uh, um, a handgun and a, and a rifle, and I, I, I actually flowed it, I flew down there. I uh, wasn't sure how walking into SeaTac Air, Airport with a 308 was going to go down, but it's actually easier than you think. You walk up to the counter and declare your unloaded firearm. They walk you over to the TSA and, you know. Check you through and yep. go for the Yep, it's no big yeah. deal. Which is not, it should be. It's, it's your right. It's, you know, you're, you're exercising we've, your right. We've yeah. been conditioned to, you know, um, Airports, you can't even say the word. Uh, we joke, and I won't get to off tra track too much, but growing up in eastern Washington, right, mm -hmm. everybody had a rifle in their back window. Yeah, they went, I did uh, too, right? Growing up. It was, it was it, we were grew up around guns. We exercised our right. We went hunting. We went fishing, whatever it was. We target practice. It's what we did. Mm -hmm. No one had a problem with gun violence. No one had nope. a problem with those things. But to your point, I think a lot of people were in your situation where you were mm -hmm. that appreciates the right, but wasn't exercising it, wasn't, didn't, hadn't been trained, didn't know what they do if something happened to them or their family, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so um, you encourage, so now you're doing this, you've done it for your family, and you've launched off, you want to help other people do the same thing, right? Yes. Yeah, so I've accumulated a lot of uh, uh, these four-day defensive handgun classes and practical rifle and shotgun. And I've got enough now that I start to see um, our schools that are vulnerable, our churches that are vulnerable, and I want to do something about it. I'm in a position to do something about it. So I decided to not only sell the memberships, but to give away um, the two- and four-day defensive handgun classes. I normally give away the two-day classes. I'm giving away the four-day at events like this to the people of Roanoke. And, um, and what I really would like to do is uh, dutybound.org. I'm giving, I'm giving away the four-day for church security teams. So any church that wants to send, you know, four or five or six people down there, um, they, can, they can be professionally trained. Uh, these are world-class instructors. And in four days, um, they really, you know, they, they, they go from zero, not assuming you know anything, but they, they will um, not just teach you the, the four rules of firearm safety, but they run you all the way through. At the end of four days, what we, what the real goal is to reduce all that training down to muscle memory so that if it happens, um, you won't have to think about, oh, gee, where's the safety, right? right? You, you don't need to engage your prefrontal cortex to do that. That's all, your body does that. What you really need your thinking mind to do is to be looking out for who, who else is, who else is uh, 
out there. Where's the threat? It, what's moving? Are there yeah. other threats? Yep. Um, who's in my line of sight? Do I have a clean shot? Like uh, when you saw that freeway church. Exactly right. Um, and I'm going to say a very real world recent example yes. of what a difference is. A, a 911 call nationally is about 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. That was less than five seconds. That that gunfight was over in six seconds yeah. flat from the time he produced that shotgun until he was on the ground. It was actually 2.24 seconds from the first shot to the last. Wow. So the average gunfight is three seconds. See, so there you go. That's how fast it happens. And you really, that's where you, that's where you understand the value. Of so the that gentleman, that gentleman was trained. I mean, he, Jack Wilson was, he was trained. He was a, he was a firearms instructor, but you do not have to be a firearms instructor. If you go down and, and take these front sight courses, you can make the shot he made from about 30 feet. Um, that was a headshot. Right. Normally they train you to do two to the thoracic cavity and then only go to uh, the head if it's, if the threat is not stopped. As it keeps um, on coming or something. But he, yeah. didn't, he knew he didn't have time. Right. And that guy had already killed two people. So he had to, he had to basically shut down the electricity in his brain and drop yeah, him. So it, uh, you made an offer <clears throat> to church teams across our state that, yes. you know, if they want to get trained, they want to make sure that the people that come to church are in a safe environment. Yes. Many of them are probably doing something, but this is an opportunity. So when you say give away a four-day thing, what does that mean? That means there's no obligation. You uh, you go to dutybound.org org if you're church security team and you give me your email um, and then I will create an account um, and I will send you the login information. Well, first I'll send an email for you to give me the information that FrontSight requires that will create an account. Then I'll send you the login information. Then you sign up and go take the course and there's no further obligation to me or FrontSight. They're, they're happy to do it. I'm happy to do it. Um, there's no high pressure when you go down there. It's just you just got to have fun and, and, and bring bring people with you and, and uh, get some sun while you're down there. So basically <laughs> the cost of getting there and getting home, yeah. basically. If you, okay. can get, if you can get yourself to Las Vegas, uh, last time I went down there, it was... A couple hundred bucks? It, no, it was 29 down there and 39 home on Spirit. So Look at it's that. really a pretty cheap flight. Wow. Yeah. And then you just rent a car or take an Uber yeah. right, or something, right? Get yeah. there? It's, uh, it's in a little town called Pahrump, about 40 miles west, and uh, the hotels are pretty reasonable. Okay. Um, so, yeah. And so, um, besides, well, and know, then when you come back, how do you feel? Yeah. Well, I took my wife down there after I went down the first time, um, about a year later, she wanted to go. And, um, before we went down there, she was afraid to even handle a gun. Um, but she said after that four day class, she said, I, I'm quite comfortable. I think I could handle things even when you're gone. And so that's, uh, that's huge. That's a huge thing for me. It's from uh, afraid you know, to confident. And she said she felt really empowered. You know, so that's and that's powerful for a husband, for a family, yes. for them. I, you know, now I want to send my daughter down there because she was on a bus going by Third and Pine while that shootout happened in, in Seattle here a little while ago. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she was shook up. You know, she was like, dang. And I'm like, you know, she doesn't carry and she works right there. And mm -hmm. there's all this gang activity and drug mm -hmm. activity and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, so even riding hmm. the bus. Uh, you better hook me up bus. with a better hook me up with a deal. We'll just I'll well, go down with her, <laughs> right? You know. So on that note, how young can they be to go? Um, uh, I have to check that again, but I think it's uh, ten or twelve. So uh, so yeah. I mean, they have to. Well, be... Well, she's in her thirties. I know, I know. <laughs> but for those out there that want to bring their kids, yeah, their their teens or their uh, yeah. high school daughters. Yeah, it's on their website, and um, it, it's that's it's, front site, front site dot yeah dot org or whatever At under i think it's under 15 or something they have to of course be with an adult sure there. um right and but i think it's 15 or 16 and older they can be there by themselves uh but yeah they uh and it's great um father son you know thing mm -hmm. to go do or father or, daughter or the whole family right. father daughter yeah it's uh 
Um, I've seen a couple people do that, and then they had a great time. So, are you planning part of Duty Bound? Are you planning on doing things locally in the in the Seattle area, or you or Washington? You know, are you stay? I, I'm hoping to kind of network with uh, some of the local providers. Um, there, I really don't see it as a competition for business because um, you know you can go to your your local indoor range for two hour class, and that's fantastic. Um, and you know, if you want more extensive training, that's hard to find around here. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure it's available, but um, so I, I, w I would like to get um, networked with the people that are providing those and then, you know, offer both to people. Uh, so that's the way I would do it locally. I'm not an instructor. Um, that might be a future goal. But right now I'm, I'm just trying to do what I can to um, get these out there to people and let Frontsite do the work. That's fantastic. I, so t tell us uh, success. I mean, what are you seeing? Uh, in terms of... Uh, well, people that like, people that are going and doing it. Huh? Yeah, well, like like I said, we just took Glenn Morgan and his wife down there, and uh, um, and that was great. Um, um, Lauren had his, had the same uh, feeling when she got done with it. She was uh, afraid to handle a gun before, and afterwards, she was she said, "I think I can walk around my property with confidence, and even with kids in the house, and Glenn gone." So that's powerful for anybody yeah. out there, couple, single, whatever. You know, Think about when there's a fear of something, overcoming mm -hmm. that by being experienced and being it's, shown and it's trained. Just, yeah, it's a matter of knowledge and, and, and actually experiencing it. And, and as soon as you, you know when you, you, you know that now I can be safe with it, I know right. all the things that can go wrong. And if you observe those four rules, they overlap. Right. So if for whatever reason. So what are the four you, rules? Give us the four rules. So it's, it's treat all firearms as if they're loaded. Um, and then um, never... Never point the gun at anything you're not willing to destroy. Mm -hmm. um, and then keep your finger straight. Keep it off the trigger until you're pointed in at the target. Um, and then the, the final one is um, know, know your target and know what's in line with it, including what's behind it. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll give you a story on that, a really powerful story that they taught down there at front side of one of the lectures was um, this guy said, I, I uh, woke up in the middle of the night, bump in the night, the thing everybody fears, you know, and I heard there's somebody in my kitchen, you know, and there shouldn't be anybody in my kitchen. Um, so, he, but he said I followed that 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 rule, and I turned on the light to make sure I identified the, you know, who this was. Turned out to be um, his teenage son's friend that was just crashing, and he was looking for something to eat in the fridge. So, he said, "Thank God I followed that rule." So. If you follow those rules, you'll stay you'll stay safe, and everybody else will stay safe. I, I grew up. My mom carried my dad's. Well, we're well, firearms, whatever. It's funny. Well, it's a good thing because you know I heard they're going to make uh, shooting a teenager uh, a misdemeanor in Washington. <laughs> so he could have, you know, if that if that law actually passes, he could be in. Serious I was supposed trouble. to sneak out, believe it or not, one time, and my fr I fell asleep. My friend knocked on the window, and my mom almost shot him. It's one of those things that scared him like, to dude, death. Don't ever don't ever go over and try to get Marty to sneak out because guy can sleep through anything. So, um, John Musledge, what, what's your website? Uh, it's it's duty-bound.org um, for the church security teams and .net for uh, everyone else that um, wants a two-day class. And, uh, I, and I also sell the membership, so if they, if they want more, um, they, they, that's available. So it's something that, you know, this is something that's obviously you've gone through this. This yep. is something that you've got passionate about, and you want to see that, that people are safe, people know what they're doing. 
and uh, you know, I mean, we were we were having a, a celebration last night, and uh, one of the guys says, "Marty, where's your gun?" He's like at the hotel room. That you're never, you gotta always. It was, you know, <laughs> let's be prepared. John, thank yes, you for sir. being our guest today. This Appreciate is Doug Bassler and Marty McClendon. Doug and Marty versus the world. When you want to take your business to the next level, nothing drives traffic and increases sales like TV advertising. And EasyTVSpots.com is your best choice for high quality, effective TV ads. Contact us today to learn how easy it is to reach thousands of your ideal prospects with targeted, addressable TV. Grow your sales, revenue, and profit the easy way with EasyTVSpots.com. Broadcast, cable, and online TV made easy. This is Claire. Claire has a great business, and she wanted to advertise on YouTube, but she didn't know how. It was all so confusing. Setting up an account, choosing keywords and demographics, and she didn't know how to make a video. <gasps> then Claire discovered the secret to great YouTube ads. The experts at EasyYouTubeAds.com took care of all the details, from account setup and management to producing her video ads. Now Claire's friends all want to know how she got so smart. EasyYouTubeAds.com. No experience necessary. For our government to work the way it was intended, citizens from all walks of life must volunteer to run for elected offices. But how do you begin? EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com can help. You'll receive expert help to navigate your campaign and communicate your message. From candidate filing to voters pamphlet statements, fundraising and social media, you'll find what you need to run an effective and affordable campaign. EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com. The road to victory starts here. We're back. It's round three. Doug and Marty versus the world. Marty's looking a little bit peaked, but he'll hydrate and be back. Hydrate? Uh, That's drinking water, right? Hydrate. Oh, all right. All right. Take a drink of water. I'm kidding, of course. You're looking great, bro. I appreciate uh, it's that. It's amazing when you do marathon interviews, how you can just keep going. It's amazing. Uh, anyway, we're so glad that you're listening to us, though. You know, we couldn't do this. If people didn't like turn the radio to the ACN network and listen to us. So thank you for listening today. And for those that have the radio button broken, it's okay. Keep on listening. Right? <laughs> and don't forget, you're going to get the podcast. And uh, the podcast is now available on, uh, if you just go to Doug and Marty vs. World Facebook page, right? And you can That's link right. them there. Awesome. Hey, look who I found wandering around here at Roanoke. It's Peter Kwan, city council member from SeaTac. Over by the airport, right? Uh, yeah, okay. and uh, Peter is, you know, uh, he's one of the success stories, and they gave him a panel here at the event talking about, you know, why you should run for office and things like that. And so uh, so for our listeners that don't know or don't remember uh, Peter, he uh, came in as a first-time candidate, won, uh, just didn't know anything, right? I mean... Yeah, I knew absolutely nothing. And in fact, uh, I don't... When people ask and I say I don't, I did not know anything about politics because I was never involved. Uh, it, it's even I knew even less than the average person knew. Like for example, I didn't even know that unions actually contributed to political campaigns. I had no clue. And they uh, do. Most people, most, most people <laughs> yes. already know that, right? Yes. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, actually, what's funny about it is uh, we get such a in a bubble in our, our show and politics that everybody should know this, but actually most people don't. And so, like yourself, you are you're an IT guy, right? You were out there, uh, and you, you start seeing things aren't going the way they're supposed to. And so you go, well, maybe I can run. Most people don't get to that point. They're like, well, someone else is going to do it. But no, right. it's, it takes the people that live in the community to see the problem, to bring what they have to make a difference. Don't you think? Yes, exactly. So uh, that, that's exactly the problem 
that uh, I have experienced prior to being involved was I always thought, you know, someone else is going to step up and take care of this. Someone else is going to step up and, and address this issue or whatever. And that never happened. And as I started getting involved, um, not just politically, but more with the community, community events and, and you know, block parties or, or whatnot, block watch and the uh, ice cream social at the Botanical Garden, uh, people kind of like got to know me better and uh, understood that I have a kind of a problem-solving approach to things, right? And so um, when they asked me to run, they asked me to run. I didn't decide that, oh, hey, I'm going to run. They asked me to run. I asked them back. I said, why do you want me to run? You know, what is the reason for that? Why don't you run, right? And so I started hearing all of these different uh, uh, his historical background on local politics and whatnot, and that kind of like started the journey down the rabbit hole of like, oh, well, okay, uh, is this true or not? And then I started conducting my own research and went back to uh, historical news archives and whatnot. And the more I learned, the more motivated I became. And so I feel that uh, for folks to, that want to get involved, that are thinking about getting involved, actually do your own research and figure out, you know, your current council and the council prior to them, you know, what have they done? And, and what is the, the historical context politically in your local uh, community? Do you agree with these decisions that have been made in the past? And if these decisions, if you don't agree, and if they were made differently, do you believe that um, your city or your neighborhood would be in a better condition today? And for me, almost every answer was like, yes, 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 it would be way better today. And then and the end result was, you know, I got to do this. I, I've got to make right. the decisions here. Well, the, it comes down to if not now, then when? If not you, then who, right? And sometimes you take, I can make a difference. I want to make a change here. What misconceptions did you have before you got involved? Like, we often hear you have to be a lawyer to run for office, or you have to have this, or you have to have a perfect background. Did you have any of those beliefs beforehand? I, I did. So, uh, you know, keeping in mind that I was a, a computer science major, not political science, okay, I'm an IT guy, and this is true throughout the majority of the IT industry. People who majored in computer science, they absolutely view political science as like almost like this art sort of thing, like uh, theoretical stuff, you know, not really based on facts and science. And so they're really turned off. So um, when I was in initially getting involved, I was thinking, well, you know, the same thing. I was like, well, that's like sort of like this, uh, uh, I don't know, I don't understand this stuff, you know, I don't understand the decision-making process and whatnot. It's like Marty, he doesn't understand how to use universal remote control on well, his TV. It's, I, I it's an enigma to him. <laughs> yeah, but, but what it comes down to is uh, when you start conducting the research, okay, when you start uh, addressing individual specific issues, like, uh, you know, why don't we have more police officers? Uh, you know, why is, you know, most of our money going to uh, whatever, parks, and yet our parks are not that great? And then mm -hmm. you start digging into the, the facts and the reasons why that occurred. That's when you start realizing, well, you know, if we take a logical approach to problem solving in politics, you'll come up with a much better solution that actually works. So I believe in politics, computer science and tech majors would actually do a better job. But they don't understand that. I'm, I'm thinking about this too. For what little I know about programming, you, you have something you want to do. You work on code to get there. The, the route it takes, the shortest way or the best way to get there, and then you test it. Does it work? Right. If it doesn't work, you rewrite it, right? right. The government doesn't do that. They just keep on doing the same thing that doesn't work, and we'll do more of it, right? And so uh, you, you're probably right. Someone yeah. with a tech background say, no, we need to build something that actually works efficiently. Right. 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 So the, the, the actual approach in, uh, in tech is, is not, you know, here's a problem, we're going to solve it. The, the approach is actually 
solutions-oriented approach, right? So you go into this thing, what is the solution and how can we get there? All of that stuff in the middle, you know, that comes after. So once you figure out this is a problem or we can make this better, we can improve this, okay, how are we going to get there? Programming. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. And, you know, that's, that's almost like, like you can apply that to life, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, I want to go to a certain college. Okay, now the stuff in the middle is how do I get there, right? I want to I wanna take a, a deficit in our city's budget and uh, figure that out. Okay, now how do we get there? Now, you guys had a deficit going into when you first took office. Uh, gosh, now that's been a, almost five years ago. Yeah, uh, four years ago, uh, we were at about $2.5 negative. And uh, it has, we turned it around in about six months. And at the end of the first year, we were at about maybe seven, eight million positive surplus. And we never looked back. Today, we're, we're exceeding 50 million in the bank with no increase in local taxes. We're hiring more people. We've got more cops, more public services, more money for human services. Everybody's happy. So Marty wants to borrow 10 million. Uh, what do you, how, what's the process? <laughs> I'm nine and a half. I'm That's kidding. all I'm right. I think first you'd have to have a nonprofit organization. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I can build one of those real quickly. Like, hey, right. You got to get the loan first. Well, it's interesting and refreshing, though. Tell uh, a fifty tell million dollar. I mean, tell our this listeners is how stunning. You do it, first of all, stunning. Yeah. In the state legislature, and they say, "Hey, we have a shortfall. We're going to raise taxes." They don't think about, okay, how do we change that shortfall into a Positive. Well, but yeah. that's what they did. They just yeah. raised taxes on SeaTac. They just kept no, raising them, kept no, raising them, that. raising them again. I'm kidding. Of yeah. course, you didn't raise taxes. You actually have the ability to raise taxes, and you didn't do it. Not only did we not raise taxes, we actually reduced taxes because we got rid of the utility tax, which was in effect prior to me getting in. We actually repealed a utility tax, which the local residents are paying. So in SeaTac today, people, the residents, are paying less taxes today than they were four years ago. And there's a surplus in the budget. And there's a surplus. So and it wasn't a tax problem. It was a spending problem. It was not really a spending problem because SeaTac today, we are actually spending more today than we were spending four years ago. We're hiring more people. We have more cops. We are spending more today. But we also have more money coming in today than we were uh, four years ago. So the How can you have... Wait a minute now. I know, right? See? Lower taxes and you have more coming in? Yes. Uh, a lot you of are a computer and you're allowed, genius. You're allowed to spend more too. Go what figure, could right? this guy do with my laptop? That's right. what I want to know. So uh, a lot of the approach is, you know, it, it's very pragmatic um, approach to problem solving. And I looked at it as, okay, number one, if I'm in debt, okay, just like anybody else, uh, what do I do to get out of debt? Okay, so a couple of approaches. Okay, try to make more money, mm -hmm. right? Try to get a raise, try to get a better job. Or if you have a business, try to expand your business. But number two, you also have to see, uh, take a look at how am I spending my money today? Where is my money going, right? Is there any opportunity to save money? And a lot of folks in their personal private lives, they look at things like, okay, you know what? I'm paying like $500 for internet. Maybe I can get a better deal, okay? And they do. Or sometimes they, they have some, uh, if, if they're paying insurance, maybe I can get a better insurance rate or something like that. You know, I've been a good driver for five years. Well, or buying lots of coffee. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah but, yeah, but in government, people don't do that. They sign up, up with some contract, and then at the end of the contract, they renew the contract with like a 5% bonus. They never, they never review this and shop around and see if they can get a better deal. And that was one of the first things we did in SeaTac was we shopped around to see if we could get better contracts. And Use we competition to drive the price down, right? Exactly. Treating it, treating it like a like you would your own budget, treating it like your, your own family. business, your own and, budget. And, yeah. and that's really the point, right? The point is we need people like Peter Kwan uh, who – there no th you don't think of yourself as a political guy now you are you've been a, you've been reelected thank you yes and um, just bringing practical uh, 
practical family, you know, kitchen table solutions into the government. And, yes. you know, I've said that over and over, Marty. It's it's the government is set up to be run by regular people. And so this this mystique that we have, you have to be like an attorney or you have to mm -hmm. have all this experience. You're proving that that's not the case. No. Anybody can do the job. Absolutely. And I would not I would go beyond that and say not not just anybody can do the job. I, I would say if I can do it, really anybody can do it because a guy with absolutely no political background, no involvement, no knowledge, no no training in politics, nothing, nothing. And in fact, negative knowledge, because I didn't know common things, right, gets involved and is able to do a good job. Really, anybody and, can And do part this. of an elected team that turned the city literally around from a negative to a positive in a couple of years, that's amazing. So it should encourage our listeners, if you're thinking about running for city council or school board, whatever, that you can bring what you have and you can actually make a real difference by just Paying attention, right? And, and yeah. the exciting thing about it is, too, and just, you know, by way of reminder, you know, the $15 minimum wage started in SeaTac, Washington. It was really seen as a stronghold for liberal, you know, kind of spend thrifty tax and spend politics. And you guys came in and were able to displace a, you know, a very, you know, liberal uh, city council. Yep. Uh, that was great in, in uh, an election that they probably thought they had no problem. And then prove in real time that conservative principles of fiscal responsibility and community involvement, these types of things, they work. And that you don't have to apologize for it. It, it. You know, the city's better off. The city's safer. Right. Crime's better. You have more policemen on the on the beat. You have, uh, you know, you have construction going on. You have, right. Don't you, are you guys having a, like a building boom or something? Yeah, we have like over a billion dollars worth of brand new construction and reconstruction going on in the city of SeaTac, which is less than 10 square miles. Wow. That's, so, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a small <laughs> town. Well, the point it's is, that's a, big lot of the that's of it, a lot of improvements going in. That's, that's fantastic for the people to live there. And right? you also, didn't you guys re, like renegotiate your deal with the airport too, we right? Did. We did. We've got a better relationship. We've got a, a better deal with the airport. The airport is actually addressing local issues that SeaTac has been dealing with, like traffic and congestion and pollution and noise and all kinds of stuff. Uh, so we re renegotiated a better deal with them. Uh, I want to touch a little bit about uh, the uh, political climate. So... Um, when when I first ran, when I first ran, you know the the uh, opposition had a lot of money. This time they came out with more money, and we got reelected anyway. Mm -hmm. So it's not about the money; it's not about, about the, the character. Well, Deputy Mayor Peter Kwan, City Council Member SeaTac Washington, thanks for being our thanks guest so today. Much. We're going to be back right after this. This is Claire. Claire has a great business and she wanted to advertise on YouTube, but she didn't know how. It was all so confusing. Setting up an account, choosing keywords and demographics, and she didn't know how to make a video. Then Claire discovered the secret to great YouTube ads. The experts at EasyYouTubeAds.com took care of all the details from account setup and management to producing her video ads. Now Claire's friends all want to know how she got so smart. EasyYouTubeAds.com. No experience necessary. For our government to work the way it was intended, citizens from all walks of life must volunteer to run for elected offices. But how do you begin? EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com can help. You'll receive expert help to navigate your campaign and communicate your message. From candidate filing to voters' pamphlet statements, fundraising, and social media, you'll find what you need to run an effective and affordable campaign. EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com. The road to victory starts here. Ah, 
Uh, four bells, and we are back sort of live here in the studio. Oh, it's great interviews with Peter Kwan and uh, John Moselich. Uh, thank those guys for being part of the show. This is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon, Doug and Marty versus the world. It's cool for the offer the Moselich offered and churches and groups, and it's, it's cool that the story of a citizen getting engaged, not knowing, and making a huge difference. This is the difference it makes when you and I and the people listening um, get involved. We can put a stop to bad things, but I think it's even better when we can do things that are proactive, that are good for community, that actually make us safer. Uh, and we're Absolutely. seeing it's fantastic. You know, uh, last uh, week we had our Eastside Republican uh, Club meeting last Tuesday, and um, we had a, a gentleman from uh, Defy Ventures named Leo Novsky came on and talked about he goes into the he goes into the prison system up Monroe, and he gets a group of men that are ready to change. He, he tells them this is not going to be easy. It's it's discipleship, bro. Right. But he teaches them entrepreneurism. He teaches them how to do a budget. He teaches them how to start a business. He teaches them all this stuff. This Defy Ventures started you know back east somewhere, and he's bringing it to Washington State. And um, and this is one guy, one guy, and um, the Defy the the recidivism rate. So people that get out of prison that have committed a felony and then go back to prison is nationally is 53%. People that go through this program where they learn uh, how to to value themselves and how to use all these skills they've been using to commit crimes to do good and to help others and to have businesses and to to become great members of society, 7%. 7%? So 40, you know, way more percent better. I mean, um, amazing. And just listen to him talk and his his passion to, to... these guys, he says, you got to get their head. He says, you can't just come in and do a bunch of principles. You got to, they, they look at it and they go, hey, wait a minute. I'm valuable. I have skills. I'm not a piece of junk. I'm not this guy that committed this crime and I'm stuck there forever. They own it. They own up to their crime. They own up to what they've done that pay their debt. But they're like, but I'm, I'm they call it this being the CEO of your new life. And uh, it was oh, I powerful. But I, you know, that it, to me, it's just another example, like with John, or with Peter Kwan, who never run before and now is mm-hmm. deputy mayor of SeaTac, and how what the and the advantages, the power of one person. If we'll just get connected with what God wants us to do, if we'll just listen to His voice and obey Him, what could we do? What difference could we make in the world? And you may not know. I mean, I don't, I doubt even those guys know what what they're really doing. They're just out there doing something. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, in eternity we're going to find out. You know? I, I know from my personal history and from our other guests we've had on the show, like David Israel and so forth, uh, where it's this, the worst of time, the things we go through, the trials, the ones where we think we'll never survive, that we get through with God's grace, that we in turn, it, it builds something in us. It provides us an opportunity to really um, give to others. And oftentimes it lights a flame for a passion, a calling, a Oh, wow. Okay. I can help. I can encourage. I can do whatever. And so many stories after stories. So even if you're in the midst of a downtime, a bad time, be expectant, knowing that God can use this to launch you into your destiny, launch you into your calling. I know for us, that's, that's our story as well. And yours as well, Doug. It's just amazing. So it's like we're up here encouraging and we're on the radio because of it too. In many ways, because we want to encourage, but we're called to this because we've gone through things. We've gone through trials where God was faithful and, and has built things into us, has re- refined us, has prepared us 
for what's next. And we're being prepared now in the process. We're, we're watching and fighting and, and engaging and praying. Uh, so all of us join up. We talked in the first segment about Olympia and this sex bill and the, the idea of we can still stop it, but we have to make a change in, in politics. We saw, um, and I mentioned this too, that President, uh, Vice President Pence was out here um, this week um, talking about the coronavirus, talking about uh, Inslee. Inslee is a punk, by the way. And I'll, I say that out loud, punk. When he, when he starts tweeting about how he dissed the, the vice president, just, I don't get it. But the point is, is, of all the deaths in America for coronavirus, which I know it's minuscule compared to flu, but we're up. The majority, nine-tenths of them, ten of them total, are here in Washington. Think about that. All in the King County area. Uh, they're all uh, older nursing home issues. We get there's sideline issues that, that lend to that, but there's something going on here too from that. Something to be aware of. Um, that, that that once again, Washington's connected to the nation in, in a bad way there. But there's there's something very very important here. And knowing that uh, and circling back to the whole Planned Parenthood thing, very powerful. A lot of funding. A lot of these people got elected this last election, 2018, uh, either worked for them or funded by them or given to them. All of them are 100% NARAL, passing the sex ed bill. Here you have um, Chuck Schumer at the national, the courts, this case that will not limit abortions, will give states the right to choose, you know, to, to ban certain things, and whatever. And he threatened Kavanaugh and Gorsuch. Right, and it's where they're doing the whole censure thing, maybe possibly with them. But the idea here is they're they're promoting violence again, uh, and they're saying it's, it's women's right to choose, it's women's body. This really is the divide. We've known this for years. Uh, you cannot, in in today's technology, look at these things from not from a spiritual perspective, saying it's good versus evil, life versus death. But the issue of life is paramount, is central in this issue. As we get more and more into we know a, a fetus, a baby is a life. And um, when you have Chuck Schumer, who's been in, in the Senate for how long, right? Uh, too long. Too long. But advocating, right? Actual physical violence if any a part of abortion is touched. In this state, too, where they're so pro-killing babies. It's just, it is. And, I mean, literally, like, they refuse to. Um, do a bill to protect a baby that is accidentally born alive, a botched abortion, right? right? They don't right. want to protect that. They just go ahead and, you know, bang that baby's head on the table or whatever. I mean, it's just, it's just hideous to even think about it, but we need to think about it. You think about what's going on. These babies can feel pain after just a few weeks. These babies have beating hearts. They have their own blood. God said the life is in the blood. And so if there's blood, you got life going and a heartbeat signifies blood, right? Just a few so, weeks ago, we had a 16-week-old live, 16-week-old live. Think about that and survive, you know. So, uh, this idea, we have to come to terms. I mean, and when you think about it, these, they know better. The, the political left knows better. And, and this divide really choose you this day, right? Will you choose life or will you choose death? And it really comes down to it. We've been told nationally, locally, and statewide, if you believe in life, you are not welcome in the Democrat Party. See, we're aligning along, you know, God's values or not values, life or not life. It, it is, it is, we have to decide this in our generation, in this time. This congressman that uh, switched to 
Republican Party at the at the national level here um, just a little while ago over the impeachment, right? Mm-hmm. He, he actually came out, yeah, he came out this week and said he thinks there's many more moderate Democrats, in other words, conservative Democrats, that should switch. Mm-hmm. And because there just isn't any room, they, they've, you know, the Democratic order has, uh, the Democratic Party has the order of a Nazi concentration camp. It's like, mm-hmm. you, you do what we say or else. You, you know, you justices do what we say or else. And this is um, the party of hate. This is the party of destruction, of innocence, the party of sin, the party of anything goes except um, saying anything bad to us. Right. You know, the First Amendment, uh, the first and greatest amendment, the freedom of speech, the freedom of the free exercise of religion. What is the free exercise of our religion uh, as evangelicals? It is it not to preach the Bible, to preach mm-hmm. it publicly in the open square, to, on the street, wherever. And, you know, we've got to get back to that, Marty. We get back to the Bible, then it doesn't, you know, the authority doesn't come from us. It's like, well, we don't hate you. Yeah. We love you. We want you to repent. But this is what the Bible says about homosexuality. This is what the Bible says about murder. This is what the Bible says about stealing. I mean, they've legalized shoplifting in Seattle, yep. right? Up to what, 900 bucks or something? Yep. I mean, and- so it's okay if it's less than this dollar amount to take it. And, and you know what? I can get a really nice laptop for 900 bucks, right? There you go, right? So let's break your window out of your car, steal your laptop, and hey, it's under 900 bucks. It's, it's free laptop. I know that's, many that's of our substantial, listeners. substantial, dude. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know many of our listeners as well saw this week where the Church of Planned Parenthood in Spokane was in the, the city council there, um, where they're trying to pass an ordinance to limit the noise. They can't worship, basically, or, or sing music or whatever uh, outside of Planned Parenthood. This is a stifling of free speech, stifling the free exercise thereof, and it's got to be defeated. The point is, is, anytime you speak about that, we have to be open. We have to be fighting. What I'm saying is the what the anti-life, the, the pro-choice, leftist, Planned Parenthood, whatever it may be, <laughs> uh, pro-death uh, group uh, are doing. They're using the political system. They're using the political system and the political levers of power to drive these policies and laws, which, which offends God, but it, but, it, but it enslaves our kids and the generations to come. And I'm not saying that in, a, in hyperbole, truly. You know, we've got to be, as a body, as people, we've got to be engaged in the battle in the same place. In a different way, like I said, our, our weapons are different, but we have to be present in the battle. This is legit. Um, this is happening right now. Being present. What do you mean when you say being present? What are you talking about? We, we can't abdicate our place in the political realm. We're not being political. We're being God-driven. We're bringing our values. We're electing People that believe in Jesus Christ, believe in the Lord, uh, that that walk by faith, that walk in alignment with His will into the political arena, so that we're at the table, so we can bring God's wisdom to the conversation, so we can say no before it gets to make a law, uh, where we don't don't have a void there filled by those that that want things that are against our values. We need you know, people that will stand up for our values. Yeah, and that means some people need to run for office. They need yeah. to file to run for office. They need to become PCOs, precinct committee officers. If you don't know what that is, contact your local county Republican Party. They will help you with that. Become a PCO. Become a candidate. Volunteer. Now, not everyone's called to the government you know, mountain, but many people that are saying, that's not me, God's saying, that's you, and you need to do it. And so listen to the voice of Doug and Marty, because we are telling you, 
Some of you are dismissing something that you're not supposed to be dismissing. And we need you in the battle. We need you in Olympia. We need you in Congress. We need you in your state, uh, the state legislature, the county councils, the, the city councils. We need you at every form. We need you in the fire boards, the school boards. Come on, people. This is a government of the people, right? Of mm -hmm. us, by us, and for us, not of power that they can mandate institutionalized child abuse from Olympia and from the office of the superintendent of public instruction, the, the, the head of the yep. schools here in Olympia. And his name is, you know, Chris Reichdahl. Yep. Chris Reichdahl, Mud Reichdahl. Mud. Bottom line is there's probably three or four people in every church that are called to this mountain. If it's you, run. If it's not you, but you know somebody in your church, encourage them and support them when they do. It's important. Yeah. This yeah. is it. This is it. We're in the we're in the battle. We're in it to win. And I think we will win if we stand firm, if we don't quit. Uh, I believe our best days are ahead. Uh, Donald Trump is a blessing and he's showing us that we can fight. We can be victorious. And so we just encourage you uh, do it and let's pray. Let's not forget to pray. Uh, pray for us. Pray for me and Marty. Pray yes. for uh, pray for our state. Pray for our kids and our schools, our teachers. Um, this is the day the Lord's made. We're going to rejoice. We're going to get the victory. This is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon, Doug and Marty versus the world. God bless. See you next week.